I'm Jonathan Mosen. Welcome to episode 80. Understandably, you may be wanting to read a lot of news at the moment. One of the best ways to do that is with an RSS reader. I'll speak with Kunal Sood, the developer of Lear, a highly accessible RSS reader, and demonstrate it from a blindness perspective. Mosen at Large Podcast. As a blind kid, I used to pester my older sighted sisters and parents to read the newspaper to me. Now almost all the world's publications are online. But visiting numerous websites to get your news can not only be time-consuming, there can also be accessibility challenges, with many sites being cluttered with a complex series of links and banner ads. Now you could turn to social media sites, and many people do, like Facebook. But it's very clear that thanks to their algorithms, relying on Facebook for your news can give you a skewed view of the world that may not expose you to the full range of perspectives that are essential for informed and civil discourse. The answer is a technology called RSS. Now, RSS is the technology that actually makes it possible for you to receive this podcast in your podcast client of choice every week. But it does a lot more. And we'll explain RSS in a moment. But for now, the key point is that a good RSS reader can let you gather all your news in one place, and when you choose the right RSS reader, it's one very accessible place. My favourite RSS reader for some years now has been Leary for iOS. Its developer has shown a consistent commitment to voiceover accessibility, but even better, the app is one of the most configurable in the App Store in terms of precisely what voiceover speaks and the order in which it speaks it. Leary has just been rewritten, so I thought that now was a very good time to bring its developer, Kunal Sood, onto the show, and he joins me now. It's great to have you with me. Thanks for coming on the podcast. No, thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Let's talk about how you got into this business in the first place, because there's not a shortage of RSS apps out there. What made you decide that you could add something to this space? All right. So this started somewhere around, I I think, around 2011. I was trying a bunch of different RSS readers on my iPhone, and though a lot of them were pretty good, none of them did what I really needed them to do. So uh, here in India at the time, the network connectivity, the 3G or maybe even Edge, I'm not sure which one it was at the time, but the connectivity was pretty bad. So I needed something that would be uh, like once it it had downloaded the entire feeds, uh, I needed it to be available to me. So I decided to give it a shot. It took me a couple of months, I think, and I put out the first version of the app around August in 2012. It didn't pick up because, it, to be honest, it wasn't really that great an app at the time. It, it did what I needed it to do. But uh, then I kept iterating over it over years. In around 2013, it, it was picked up by a voiceover user, somebody in the voiceover community. And they posted about it in, uh, uh, on a popular website. And then the numbers like started blowing up. A lot of people had a lot of different ideas about it. They wrote to me, I, some of them I implemented, some of them I was not able to implement. But yeah, this is basically how the journey started. Did you know about voiceover before anybody contacted you? 
No, I did not. In fact, the f- uh, the first time a voiceover user uh, contacted me, they just started the email thanking me for making the app accessible, and I had done nothing other than like just use the basic Apple technologies. So I just like <laughs> I just like Google this word voiceover or, or voiceover on iOS, and then like this whole idea of how to make it even better like showed up to me. Can we talk about how the workflow goes with using Leary? Uh, many more sites have RSS feeds than people realize, don't they? So often people think that after Google Reader went away, which was a really popular RSS reader, that mm-hmm. RSS is sort of on the way out. I don't necessarily perceive that. You can still generally find RSS feeds for most of the websites that you want to visit. Oh, Absolutely. I don't think RSS is going away. I think the perception is because like a big massive company has stopped um, supporting it as like one of the product in one of their big massive products that they used to build. So maybe that's why the perception uh, has come into people's mind that uh, RSS is going away. But RSS has been around from before Google Reader was a thing. And I, I think it is going to stay for because it seems to me that at least today, it's the only like open standard where like, it's not proprietary in any way. It's just an XML file on a server somewhere that anybody can create an RSS feed. Like, it's not even a few minutes and you can create an RSS feed for your website. And there's so many, so many apps these days. And we keep getting new apps. Like, even on iOS, till today, we get new apps, new RSS feeder apps. So I don't think it's going anywhere. Yes, and as I said in the intro, I don't want an algorithm telling me what it thinks I should be reading. So that's a really big advantage of RSS. So if I was just starting out with Larry and I downloaded it, where do I get started in terms of finding RSS feeds and adding them? So I have, in the latest version, I have spent a bunch of time trying to figure out what would make it easier to find RSS feeds. So there are several ways. Uh, first is when you first launch the app, you select uh, whatever. If, if you're a first time user, you probably select a standalone mode for, for the app to work in. The app otherwise can work with various different sync services. But if you're a first time user, you probably don't know that. So you open the app for the first time, you select standalone. Then there's a plus button which just says add. Uh, to a voiceover user, it'll just say add. You select it. There's a menu that pops up. You select new subscription. There's another thing that pops up that allows you to search for your favorite topics or whatever, favorite website. You can just type in the name of your favorite websites or topic or sports, anything. And it'll just go online and search for various different RSS feeds in the topic that you can that it can find for your particular search word. So, and from there you can, like from that list, you can just subscribe to whatever feed that interests you. Yes, I think if I was starting again at this point, I would use Leary in standalone mode. At the moment, I use one of the many services that Leary supports. So I'm using the old reader, which synchronizes my feeds with the cloud. And that means that uh, theoretically I can access it on a range of devices. Am I right in saying if you go with the standalone mode, your RSS feeds are not syncing with iCloud, is that right? No, they're not. No. Yeah, you're you are absolutely right. Um, iCloud sync is something that I have had a bunch of requests for and something that I have been looking into a little bit. 
the problem with uh, iCloud sync, at least from what I have been able to determine, is that it would not. It would. I feel like it would be an inferior experience compared to like uh, using a sync service. Mostly because what my app would have to do is that first it will download the RSS feeds manually itself, then it will upload it to I- iCloud. So that's like twice of doing the work twice, and like it'll be really slow, and like sometimes you would mark something as red and it will take time to show up as red on the other side on, on another device. I don't feel it's like the best experience. So that's why one it, it's not something that I have like released. I have not added this feature. I have worked on it. I do have a little bit of code that does this, but it's not great. So this, that's why this is something that I haven't shipped yet. Right. So if anybody wants to use their RSS feed on multiple devices, their best option at the moment is to go with a third party service and you support a whole lot of those. Yes. So I support uh, a bunch of them. Some of them are free if you don't feel like paying for them. But yes, uh, Feedly appears to be at the moment the most popular one. The old reader, as you said, is another option. Then there's some Paid services that do offer free tiers like the, uh, like InnoReader and Newsblur. Some sync service actually have some unique features that my app will support. For example, Feed Wrangler has this feature called Smart Streams, where you can create like smart search term based grouping of articles. Where say if you're looking for news about COVID nineteen, you can just type the search word COVID into Feed Wrangler, and it'll just show up all articles from all your subscription about COVID nineteen. That raises a good point, actually. One of the things that I do with Google News is that you can type in a search for Google News and I have various things. For example, researching the show, I have a Google News search that searches for blindness-related news stories, but it also has not attributes that eliminate things like blind date or blind drunk or all the other sort of ways in which the word blind is used that I'm not interested in. (laughs) And then each Google News search that you create can be saved and it has its own RSS feed. So I use quite a few Google News RSS feeds. That's right. So yeah, Google News is another way, though I I did try to support it in, in an older version of the app didn't quite work out well because uh, Google News spews out some like really mangled up uh, links, which the app has trouble. Sometimes uh, apps can have trouble like uh, figuring out what the link is because so it's not something that you can directly add like from my uh, my app's interface. But if you have the link to the exact Google News RSS feed, you can just paste it into the app's Uh, search bar and find it out find it and you can add it now one of the comments that i hear every so often when i recommend larry to people is that man it takes a really really long time to download the content when the app first starts but you see that's both that's a, a real good feature of the app because as you pointed out what it's doing is by default it is downloading all of the material to the device And I used to do a lot of international travel in previous jobs that I've done. And coming from New Zealand, where I am, it would be very common for me, say, to be on a 12 or 13 hour flight from New Zealand to the United States. And you don't always get Wi-Fi on those flights. And even when you do, it's not the best. But with Lyri, you can cache all your RSS feeds and just have a lot of news there to read. And it's so snappy because it's all stored on your device. One piece of advice that I would offer to blind users who don't care about the pictures is you can really speed things up quite a bit by turning the caching of images off. 
Uh, yes, that's true. And uh, if this is not a requirement for you, like a lot of people don't really need the offline caching uh, because they're usually around the good internet. So you can just disable it on a per site basis and like completely eliminate the need to download in advance. So it will download when you open the article. That sh that should not take as long as like downloading all the thousands of articles you might have. Now, there's so many advantages of Liri. One is the full text feature that you offer. And I think this is a huge accessibility win for blind people because often RSS readers will eventually force the individual to the actual website because they want you to click through. And so there's only a preview of the uh, article in the RSS feed itself. Then blind people get into those accessibility challenges of a very busy, cluttered website. And you've thought of that as well. You've got a way around that. Oh, yes, that was like the thing that my app was built on. Like that was the first and foremost feature that I ever built. So the app, what the app does is basically goes to the link provided by the article and it tries its best at least to figure out which part is the actual article content and what's not. And it just uh, like fetches it. And that's what uh, downloading of the article is actually doing. It's going to every single link. It's trying to figure out what the article is and it's fetching you and saving it, saving it in cash. It works uh, quite well for most sites that people might use. It doesn't for some sites, but when it doesn't, uh, you and uh, like, by you, I mean the users have the option to like report it to me. And if it, it's something that can be fixed, as in if it's something that the author of the website is not intentionally trying to block or has done something like really strange that causes me to not be able to extract text, I can fix it. But a lot of you do report it and I do fix it. So I encourage anybody who's listening to, if, if there's a, your favorite website doesn't work right on my app, please report it to me. Yes, and I have actually done that, and you have fixed things. So mm -hmm. it, definitely, it, it definitely is worth doing that. How did you get the app to be so configurable with VoiceOver as it is? Because most people would be happy as a developer to check the boxes and say, okay, I'm using standard controls. Everything's clearly labeled with the right attributes as far as iOS is concerned, and now it works. But what blows my mind about this app is how you've got an entire section of the settings that is devoted to what voiceover is speaking and the order in which it speaks it. I mean, you must have put a lot of thought into all of those settings that you can tweak. So, yes, uh, I did spend a lot of time, uh, but it also really, really helps to have like really dedicated voiceover users who email me and voiceover users. I'm, I'm probably sure that I'm, I sh I'm sure you know better than me that are very expressive of what they like and what they don't like. So I have not uh, I implemented and I cannot implement what everyone likes and dislikes. So... Uh, what I did is give users the option to just pick and choose what they can. And at this point, I think I'm I'm pretty much at the end of receiving complaints about what VoiceOver does and does not speak. I, I think it's been a couple of months since I last received a request or an email about this. So yeah, that's how that came about. Uh, it, it came about, I think, uh, before version 3.0 shipped. And I had a lot of requests, like, my to-do list had been piling up everything that I needed to do. So I just checked those things off before version 3.0. Now I've just like, when I make a, a change that's like, that affects the navigation of the app, 
then i might receive an, an email or two but otherwise it's been like i think people are happy i think i might have been one of the last people to bug you about this um, with <laughs> the new with the new app but but i i really appreciate all that you've done what kind of percentage of your users would you estimate are using voiceover because i see Larry mentioned in publications like Mac Stories, for example, and I'm sure whenever a publication like Mac Stories mentions an app, there must be an immediate spike in the uh, downloads for a given app. So do you have a feel for how many of your users in terms of a, a percentage of voiceover users? I don't like I don't think I would be, put, be able to put a number, but I would say it's pretty significant. Mm. Mm, uh, I don't know, maybe around 30 percent. That's pretty large for an app, I think. Yeah, it's remarkable. You have just come out with a rewrite of the app. So, I do want to ask the question that I have no doubt that there will be some people asking, which is, you know, I bought this app and now I'm being asked to pay for it again. Uh, why is that necessary? Because I think a lot of people don't really kind of appreciate what's involved in trying to make a living as an app developer. Absolutely. So, as we discussed like in a, a little while ago, uh, Lear first came out uh, around 2012. Since then, I have uh, released three updates for almost a little over seven years. At this point, I like uh, I spent a, a little over a year building this new app this past year. So for me to continue to be able to justify spending time on it, I think it needed to be a new app at this point. Did you consider a subscription model? I did, but the problem with subscription model uh, right now, like if I had submitted it as an update to the existing app and uh, considered like uh, just added a subscription to it, that would not have been so nice. At least I don't think it would have been nice because that would also have forced existing users who already paid for the app, for the old app, to pay again to continue using the app. So right now, if you have the old app, you can continue using it. The full text, full text uh, service, which is actually a service, it's not a feature. It's a uh, it's a server that I run, and I pay like monthly for that server. That's a recurring cost to me. It will continue to be supported as long as the app continues to function. If the app breaks due to an iOS update by Apple, it will not be receiving an update. So, if somebody upgrades their iPhone, uh, mm -hmm. say they get the the iPhone 12 when it comes out shortly and then they download all their apps from the store, will the old Leary that they purchased still be available for them? Or now that you've withdrawn that version from the app store, is it not going to appear again? So it will be available if you go to the app store into your account profile and there's a purchased section there. If you go into that, you should be able to download it again, the old app. Okay, but if you search for it on the store, you won't see it? No, you won't see it if you search for it on the store. Okay. What's in the new version of Leary? If, if somebody has the version that, that you released previously and they like it and it's working for them, what are some of the benefits of jumping on board with the new version? Okay, so it's a, first of all, it's a modern app. It's a complete, a, more or less a complete rewrite. It's a, uh, the old app was built for around, like the current, the latest version of the old app was built for, uh, basically built around iOS 7. Where, so it's, it lacks a lot of features that came out after it. For example, a lot of extension points were added in iOS 8. So now in the latest version, you can like 
from safari you can select share and uh, if you're viewing a website that you you think you have it has a rss feed you can select the share button and lidi will show up in the one of the options to subscribe to that feed uh, if that app if if that website does have a feed it can go the app will go and find its feed and like subscribe to it within the app other thing is widgets ios 14 just in, introduced widgets so this new app obviously has widgets another thing if you subscribe to a lot lots and lots and lots of feed you will find that the old app probably doesn't do a very good job at managing um, hundreds of feeds i know people who have written to me with 750 subscriptions i don't know how you do that but if you are one of those people who does that this new app will be a much much better at handling that volume of articles than the old app so those are just um, a few of the new things that you to expect there will be more updates that will add more features but those are the basic things the the basic new things that you can expect from the new app i know it's a little thing but one of the things i do appreciate because we for this podcast have a twitter account where i try to share news a bit of technology information that kind of thing that i think our listeners might like and you have added the share option to the voiceover actions rotor right from the article list so if you hear enough of an article from the preview and often you can to know whether you want to share this with someone or not you can now do that without opening the article i mean as i say it seems like a little thing but boy is it a time saver for me oh indeed so another little thing where uh, the app really shines with voiceover uh when you are in the article list the amount of summary or the whatever the excerpt that the app reads out is in a lot of cases a lot more than what a cited user would see so i have this uh, special thing in my code that like it checks if voiceover is running it displays a slightly longer summary than what it would show to a cited user yeah if the full text is actually in the rss feed you can sit there and hear the whole article if you want to indeed indeed yeah it's really it's really good you mentioned it being a modern app and i i may be misremembering but i think you may have jumped on quite early with the catalyst stuff so that lyri was usable on mac is that correct yeah so i was one of the early like i was one of the early catalyst adopters uh to the point that i was featured by apple and my app icon was in uh, like in one of the slides behind craig federighi at this year's wwdc that was quite a moment for me so so yeah, yeah. i did adopt catalyst quite early uh, it wasn't a great like it wasn't a great implementation at first a new version is coming out with wixer i am working on a, an update that like greatly greatly improves it so uh, Yeah, let's see how that how that goes. I'm I'm still getting my head around how voiceover works on a Mac. So uh, I and thankfully I do have a few testers who are very helpful with the testing, especially with voiceover, where I am like I find myself to be not so excited. What do you expect that Apple Silicon-based Macs will mean for Larry and for accessibility? Is it going to be a good thing? Apple silicon based Macs will be a good thing overall so that makes it a good thing for any app what i am expecting from apple silicon is like really silent computers like almost never spinning up the fans and really long battery lives these are the two main things that i'm really hoping for and if they are anything like what's on the ipads 
I think it's there's a pretty good chance that it's going to have those things. If you have a Mac that can run for like say 24 hours without a charge, or maybe even like 12 hours without a charge, and without like making a bunch of noise when uh, when there's a lot of heat gen- being generated. Here in India during the summers, we can sometimes have temperatures going up as as high as like 45 degrees Celsius. So my laptop, my my laptop like makes a lot of noise. It's a now at this point it's a slightly aging macbook pro so i am like i really hope that they nail these two things i would be the first one to jump on and get a apple silicon mac it does sound very interesting and from what i can gather that means that ios apps will simply run on those macs is that right i mean does, does that mean that there won't be such a need for the whole catalyst concept anymore okay so yeah that is possible but you know when uh, so there is a checkbox in app store connect that's the interface where we upload apps as developers this is also what i have done as i do have a separate catalyst app which is which is technically a much better experience on the mac than my ios app would be so if i deselect that checkbox my ios app will not be available on the mac app store it will be a different my mac app which will be available so you can selectively make your ios app as a as a developer not show up on the iOS app store. And I think a lot of developers are going to choose that option because uh, even though you can run it, doesn't mean like you really should because it's not, it won't usually have all the good Mac features an iOS app, run, an iPad app running on the Mac. Things like the Mac menu bar, it will just like make a default menu bar in iOS. If, if, if a developer hasn't implemented the menu, like hasn't implemented the catalyst version of the menus, there won't be any menus. There was, there'll be a lot of things that will just be weird running an iOS app on a Mac, I believe. Yes, and of course, their insistence that they're not going to implement touchscreen Macs. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I, iOS controls are much like much more touch optimized than than Mac controls. So yeah, that's that's one of the reasons too. Yeah. How did you get the name Larry? While I remember to ask you this. <laughs> That's a funny story. And in retrospect, I feel that I should have given it a more English name. Like, given that uh, the US is still the biggest market for apps. It's a French word. It's a verb, which is, I think, I believe it's pronounced lear. And it's, uh, the meaning is to read. So I've been pronouncing it wrong all this time, you mean? Well, I think it's because voiceover pronounces it wrong. I also, yeah. I also. Well, sense. it depends on the TTS. Actually, I, I've had some voiceover voices pronounce it liar, and the interesting thing is, I have the devil of a job trying to launch it with Siri. We've actually been talking about this on the podcast before. But I, I don't know how to talk to Siri to make it launch it. So that's quite an interesting experience. So Lear, Lear, is that how you say it? Yes, I believe so. Mm, okay, I'll consider myself castigated. There you go. Am I right in saying that at the moment there isn't a trial? And if I am right, have you considered making the app free for some sort of limited period and then making an in-app purchase available so that people can give it a try? Uh, yes, I have. And uh, I have considered it. And here is here, this is where I have a slight bone to pick with Apple. Say, if I were to offer a free app, there will be a bunch of users who will use the app and then be unhappy that they have to pay for it and leave a one-star review. I wish that this is something Apple had provided us that if I am a freemium app, as so to speak, I think that's what they call it, 
where you get a limited free version and people then have to pay to unlock it people should not be able to review it or leave bad reviews for it unless they've paid for it i must say though that it does make it easy the way you are doing it for family sharing and uh, my wife uses the app as well and she's using it because i've purchased it so i do appreciate that of course of course so i don't really do anything special for it i think that's just the magic of apple well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and, and thank you for all the hard work that you've put into this app. I was absolutely pleased to pay again for a new version of the app. It's got some features that I'm making the most of every day. And it's just good to support somebody who is as committed as you are to voiceover. So uh, I hope people will search for it on the app store. It's L-I-R-E is how it's spelled. Do you happen to know what the US dollar pricing on the app is? So right now, the US dollar price for the new app is $9.99. Uh, and just to put it, put this out there for people who might be thinking, like thinking about this, will I have to pay for the app next, next year again? So I have priced this app a little higher, as you might have noticed, a little higher than uh, what a standard price for an iOS app should be or what other RSS readers charge. But that is so that I am able to continue to support it for at least another I would say two to three years at the very least, if not more. Wonderful. Thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. Uh, it's so good to talk about this. Thank you. An RSS reader may be a concept that's a little difficult to understand until you hear one in action. So I'll give you a quick tour of the way I have Lear, as I know it now should be pronounced, set up. It's on my home screen because it is an app that I spend a lot of time in. I should say, when you hear how many unread items there are at the moment, that is a bit atypical. I've had a pretty busy week at work and haven't kept up with all the news as much as I would like. And in this information-rich age, and to some extent this disinformation-rich age, there are a lot of ways to get news. And I've been listening to quite a lot of podcasts as the US election gets close. Additionally, some of the feeds I only look at when I'm aware that something is happening that particularly interests me. So I have some of these feeds in here, sort of as a just-in-case thing. Layer 5,431 new items. Double tap to open. I will do just that. I'll double tap the Lear icon from my home screen. Syncing folders. Layer. Sync mode. Syncing. Syncing articles. Now, the first thing that I have it doing is syncing from my RSS feed server that I have subscribed to, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. I can go and check how far it's going, but I think pretty Finishing. soon. There we go. The sync is complete. And now it is caching those articles, because the way that I have Leo set up is that it will download the full text of all the articles. I don't need that as much as I once did, but boy, when I was on a long-haul flight without any Wi-Fi access or with patchy Wi-Fi access, it was nice to have so many news articles to read when I would otherwise be out of the loop. Let's go to the top of the screen now. Sync mode, the old reader button. Broadly speaking, there are two ways that you can run Lear. One is to have it syncing with an RSS service in the cloud. The advantage of this is that you can use that service with other RSS readers or with other copies of Lear. For example... I originally chose the old reader as my cloud reading service because at the time it seemed one of the most accessible ways to read RSS content via the web on a PC. 
and I thought that I would do that quite a bit, so that's where I went. Actually, I don't. Lear is such a great experience that I never use my Windows machines for reading news. If I were doing it again, I think I would still use some sort of cloud-based service. You can have Lear store all the RSS feeds locally, but if you have a second iDevice, such as an iPad, then it would be a good idea to sync with a cloud-based reader. It also means that if you want to get a new device in your life that supports this RSS reader, it's really easy to get your feeds in. So there are some advantages. If your needs are fairly basic, you may be fine by saving the money and just doing all of the RSS handling locally with this app. I'll flick to the right. Add button. It's been a while since I've had a clean install of Leo, but here is where you add an RSS feed. I'm pretty sure that when you install it, you will have some RSS feeds set up by default. But clearly one of your top priorities, as well as getting the app to look and feel the way that you personally like, is to get news feeds that are of interest to you. So we'll come back to adding an RSS feed a little later. The old reader heading. And now we have a heading with the name of the cloud reader that we're using at the moment, and then we'll get into the way that my feeds have been organized. Being the neat freak that I am, I have my RSS feeds organized into neat little folders. So as I flick right, Unread, 5,618 total unread articles. If I double tap this, then I will get all unread articles in one place. With the number of unread articles I have at the moment, that would be really unwieldy. But if you only have a few feeds and you like to make sure that you keep up with all of your feeds, then you can simply double tap this button and you'll get all the news stories filtered the way that you want. For example, you can see only all the unread news stories or everything, and we'll show you that in just a moment. But I'll continue to flick right for now. Folders, heading. And now we're on my list of folders. Blindness, 515 total unread articles. The major contributor to that number of unread articles in my blindness folder is a Google Alert that I have set up. You may have heard of Google Alerts. It is part of Google's service that you can get to at news.google.com. And you may well know that when you go to that site, you can type in a search that then scans a wide range of news-related websites that Google's spiders are crawling. It could be a relatively simple search. You could type the name of a person who's in the news or that you want to see is in the news, or you could type the name of a musical group that you are interested in or something like that. But if you have bought my book, which is still available from the Mosin Consulting store called The Secret Source of Savvy Search, you'll know that you can also construct some fairly complex searches in Google in general and in Google News specifically. In my case, I'm really interested in blindness-related stories, which give me inspiration for this podcast. A number of the things that we talk about have come from things that I have found through my blindness Google search. As we've talked about on this show, sometimes the word blindness is used when it doesn't pertain to people who can't see or don't see very well. And the trick is to filter out those references so that I get a nice, clean list of stories about blind people or blindness issues. So in my Google search, I type things like blind, low vision, visually impaired, vision impaired, visually challenged, all the usual things that people say to describe blind or low vision people. 
But then you'll want to use some of Google's exclusion attributes to not find things like blind drunk or blind date and some things that do not pertain to blind people. Well, they may well do, but you're you're more likely to get a bunch of false positives if you leave those in. And so you use Google's means of excluding things from search, which I do explain extensively in that book, The Secret Source of Savvy Search. So what does all this have to do with Lear, I hear you ask, and I'm glad you asked it. What it has to do with it is that you can save these Google News searches as RSS feeds. Then you can subscribe in your RSS reader of choice to the search and get news stories custom sent to you that pertain to what you are interested in. It is really cool, and that's what I've done with this blindness one. So if I double tap on this blindness folder, for instance, layer, I'll flip layer, to the right. Grouping and sorting button. First of all, you can determine how your items are grouped and sorted. And I'll show you what options there are. I'll double tap. Group. Grouping and sorting. And flick right. Group by. Selected. Date. Subscriptions. Those are your two choices. You can either group all of the articles by date, in which case it doesn't matter where the article came from. It will show you them all in date order from all the sources. Or you can group the articles from the feed that they came from. I prefer to group the first way. It doesn't matter to me where the articles came from. I like to see them in the order that they came in. Then if we flick right. Sort articles by heading. How are we going to sort these articles? Date. Newest first. Selected. Date. Oldest first. That's my preference. I like to see the articles in the order that they came in. Genuine chronological order. And those are the grouping choices. So I'll get out of the screen. Layer. Back button. I'm back in my blindness folder, and here's the kind of thing that I get from this Google News search. Friday, the 16th of October, 2020, heading. You'll get a heading for each day that we're going into, and that's cool because it means that you can navigate by heading. As I've mentioned in recent demonstrations that I've done, I have taken to setting up the two-finger flick right and the two-finger flick left to navigate by heading because it's a function that I use so regularly. So having done this, it's very easy for me to zap between the days. If I'm really behind and I just want to catch up a couple of days, I can skip them. And the grouping by day in this way is a feature that is new in the rewritten version of Lear. So I'll flick right. Visually impaired persons continue to face the Nile of rights and jobs, education, recognition, Islamabad, or two point slash Pakistan point news, 16th October, 2020, calling the visually impaired persons being the most vulnerable segment of society have ellipsis. Google alert, totally. And then off it goes with the name of the feed that that came from. So you get a little bit of the article. In some cases, you will get the whole article, actually. It depends on the way that the RSS feed is constructed. But Google does not typically put a lot of the text in the RSS feed itself. If I double tap this, I will be able to read the article usually. I have had some problems with Google News RSS feeds where when I double tap, I sometimes don't get the full text of some articles. Most of the time it works, but occasionally it doesn't, unfortunately. In that case, there are remedial actions you can take. You can go to the full website and I'll show you that in a moment. But I'll back out and I'll continue my tour of the folders that I have set up. Unread, 5,006 folders, blindness, 500. Oh, there's blindness, and I'll flick right. Ketone, seven total unread articles. 
That's another area where Alex is pronouncing things very strangely, which is why I typically don't use Alex, except when I'm demoing. What it is saying is GeekZone, and GeekZone is a New Zealand-based technology site where there are many forums on technology issues, some New Zealand-specific, some general, but it is a useful resource, and I do contribute to it from time to time as well. Each forum has its own RSS feed. So I've grouped all the GeekZone forums that I subscribe to into one folder, and they're all there, and it's a very quick way for me to just pop in, find out what people are talking about, what new GeekZone topics have been created, and then if I want to contribute, I can click through to the full website and write my reply and generate new topics of my own. A really cool way to just quickly keep tabs on what's going on there. I'll flick right. News, 2084 total unread articles. This is my general news folder, and what I'll show you now is what's on the actions rotor, because Lear is amazingly accessible with voiceover. There's so much customization, we will get to that. But if I flick down in the actions rotor, expand, we can expand the list of folders here, and I'll do that in a moment. Delete. We can delete the whole folder, which would be drastic. Activate default and activate, which in my case will open up the folder and it'll just show all those news articles from all those different sources in one lovely, easy, accessible list. Expand. I'm going to expand. What this does is shows you the individual news feeds that comprise this folder that I have created. Now I'll flick right. CNN Politics, 1,055 total unread articles. I'll flick right. Google Alert. Beatles or John Lennon or Paul McCartney or George Harrison or Ringo Starr or Yoko Ono, 1,029 total unread articles. So this is my general news feed, and as you can appreciate, being the major Beatles fan that I am, I have an entire Google News Alert devoted to Beatles, and you'll see that what it's doing is searching for references for the Beatles themselves, all four members of the Beatles individually, and of course, Yoko Ono. I have my layer set up only to show me unread articles at the moment, and so it's only showing me news feeds that have articles that are not read. So those are the only two items in my news folder, my general news folder, that have unread articles. I do have more subscriptions here, but at the moment, there's nothing that I haven't read. So I'll go back. CNN Pollock News, 2084 total unread articles. Flick down. Collapse. And collapse the folder. Now, again, if I double tap the news folder, it will expand and I'll just read everything in there in whatever order it came in. Now I'll flick right. NZ News, 1886 total unread articles. Understandably, I have a lot of New Zealand news websites that I follow this way, including the New Zealand Herald. This is particularly interesting because the New Zealand Herald's website is an accessibility debacle and a disgrace. And when you go to the New Zealand Herald website and read an article there, you'll often find that there's some weird ARIA thing going on where ads, and nine times out of ten, they are real estate ads, actually interrupt the article. So you could be doing a sale in JAWS, reading away, and all of a sudden it says something like a character home in Mission Bay, only $2 million. <laughs> and it actually interrupts what you're reading. But when you read an article from the New Zealand Herald using there through the RSS feed, you do not get that interruption. The downside of this is that despite my requests, pleas, protestations, threats of the Human Rights Commission, they have not added a premium feed. They have a lot of premium articles on the New Zealand Herald now where you have to pay a subscription. 
And many websites do this, but most websites who do this also offer the premium articles through an RSS feed, because in the end, you've still got to log in to read the articles. But the New Zealand Herald hasn't done that. So it's a pretty limited selection of items that you now have from the New Zealand Herald. I also have uh, articles from Stuff, TVNZ, and a few other news sources coming into this one place. And it's a really great way to get your fix of news from New Zealand news sources all in one highly accessible place. I'll flick to the right. Politics, 187 total unread articles. Now, I am reading my politics feed quite a lot at the moment because as I put this demo together, we are getting very close to the 2020 US election. So there won't be too many unread article sources, but I'll flick down. Expand. And expand that. And now flick right. BuzzFeed, politics, nine total unread articles. Chris Trotter, two total unread articles. That's actually a New Zealand political blog. 538, 30 total unread articles. Politico, top stories, 55 total unread articles. Politics, Salon.com, 29 total unread articles. Politics, The Huffington Post, 56 total unread articles. The Atlantic, 6 total unread articles. Self-help, 87. Okay, and then we're back onto the self-help folder. So I'll go back. Po- po- pol- 5, Chris, BuzzFeed, Politics, 180, NZ New, Politics. And now flick down. Collapse. And collapse it. But NZ News, eighteen eight politics. If I double tap the politics folder, for example, layer and flick layer, right back politics grouping and sorting button. Wednesday, the twenty eighth of October, two thousand twenty. Heading: Can Canada sell Biden on Keystone two point zero? Joe Biden was in the White House when Barack Obama tried to kill the Keystone XL pipeline. Should the Democratic contender return as president, he's vowed to finish the job unless Canada can convince him otherwise. As Keystone supporters look toward a potential Biden presidency, finding a way to keep the pipeline construction moving with the support of the U.S. is their top priority. I think it's always worth trying when it's a project that's in the... I'm going to stop there, but what you hear is that even just by flicking right, you are getting the whole article in this case. It will vary, as I say, depending on how the RSS feed is constructed, but this is a really cool way to read the news. A couple of caveats. If you get a push notification... While you're reading the article this way, then you're going to lose your place. And in that case, you'll need to double tap the article to bring it into view. But even if you do that, what you find is that double tapping the article in Lair will get you in without any kind of clutter. Let's do that. Double tap that same article. And cap loading ellipsis politics back button and flick right change appearance button Wednesday, the 28th of October 2020 at 10 p.m. Can Canada sell Biden on Keystone 2.0? Lauren Gardner. Politico. Top stories. It's a different world since the Obama White House tried to kill the pipeline, its advocates say. Joe Biden was in the White House. And off we go with that article. Now, you see the difference, right? If you go to news websites, you will know how cluttered they can be. Understandably, it's a very tough environment for media outlets. And so you often see a lot of ads, a lot of clutter. You would have to do all sorts of navigation to get to the article on most news websites. So this is really clean. It's just such an accessible, friendly way for blind people to consume news content. I'll back out of this, and it does support the two-finger scrub gesture. Wednesday, the 28th of October, 2020. Heading. Selected. Can Canada sell Biden on Keystone 2.0? And it tells me that this article is selected. What can I do with the actions rotor at this point? Well, quite a bit. Let's flick down. Mark as unread. You can mark the article as unread 
We've gone in and looked at this article now, so it is red, but you can mark it as unread. There's also a button which you can place either at the top or the bottom of the screen, depending on your preference, which will mark everything in this folder as read. That's useful because few people are going to read every single article in their news feed. So I skim them. I read the ones that interest me and skip the ones that don't. And then when I get to the end of it, there's a mark all as red button. And that way, those articles that I haven't read are marked as red and I don't see them again. I'll flick down. Show options. I'll double tap and we'll take a look at these options. Options. Heading. I'll flick right. Mark as unread button. Mark all as red button. Mark all below as red button. Cancel button. Let me give you the use case for this stuff. Often I catch up on my news when I'm in the back of an Uber heading to an appointment and I get close to the appointment. I know I'm nearly there and I'm not through with all of the news articles in a particular folder. I can go in here and choose mark all above as red. And that way, when I come back into the folder, it'll pick up from where I left off and not show me any of the articles that I've already read. For now, though, cancel button. I'll double tap cancel. Layer back button and group politics search Sir Wednesday the and Canada sell. Let's continue to go down on the actions rotor. Mark as up show options star article. That is saying star article. And if you do that, then there are certain things that you can do with start articles, depending on your preference. You can send them to a read later service. You can go back and find all the articles that you have starred. A range of things to just say this article is special in some way. And if I flick down share. You've always been able to share articles with Lear, but in the new version, you can share them right from this main screen, which has been a big time saver for me. One of the things that we do on the Twitter account for Mosin at Large is share articles that I stumble upon, usually related to technology and occasionally from my blindness feed that I think might be of interest to Mosin at Large listeners. And the feedback that I get is that people really do appreciate that because they don't always have the time to skim the feeds. And I try to be quite selective about what I share and based on the contributions we receive and that kind of thing, I pick the articles that I think might be of value. So let's go in here. I'll double tap. Politico.com heading and flick and right. sell button. Close button. Airdrop button. Instapaper button. Now, Instapaper is right up the top here for me. If you're not familiar with Instapaper, that's probably a separate demo in itself. But Instapaper is in the category of read later services. It's where you find an article and you think, hmm, I'd really like to read this, but I don't have time right now. You can send it to Instapaper and read it later. Now, the cool thing about this is that Instapaper is one of the services that has integrated really well into Voice Dream Reader, which is another of my favorite apps. So you can send articles to Instapaper and then set it up so that Voice Dream Reader pulls those articles down from Instapaper and then you can read them continuously. Because it's voice stream, you can lock the screen, you can use a range of voices and just have it read like a continuous newscast to you. And I often do this when I'm on the treadmill and just want something to hear some news to listen to, or I'm getting ready in the morning and I want to catch up on some news. Instapaper is great for that. But you can also use other services that compete with Instapaper, like Pocket. And one of the advantages of Pocket is that it's a bit more cross-platform. I have had some 
accessibility issues with Pocket, though. That said, I haven't checked it out for a little while, and I do see that they're updating their app quite regularly. I also believe that Pocket may now have a soup drinker skill, so you can listen to it on your Amazon Echo as well, which could have some benefits as well. I'll flick right. Twitter terrific button. And there we go. This is what I often do. If I find an article that is of interest to Mosin at Large listeners, then I will share it with Twitterific, sometimes with a tiny bit of commentary that 280 characters will permit, but often just sharing the headline and a link that you can choose to activate if you want to read the article. And there are a range of other share options as well. You can text people either the full article or the link, and similarly with email and a range of other services such as WhatsApp. This is also the place to go if you want to visit the article that you're reading on the website that generated it. I want to do this sometimes if there is a very rare error with the text parser in there, and if there is, there's a way that you can send the article to the developer, and he does look into these things. But more commonly, I use this on GeekZone, that forum I was telling you about. So I will read the original post and I'll think, hmm, I'm interested in replies or maybe I can reply myself and add some value. So I will go on to the website. And fortunately for me, GeekZone is very accessible. Each post is its own heading. You can get past the header and onto the body of the material with a landmark. So it's all really well constructed from an accessibility point of view. So you can visit the website in your default browser. It does seem to respect the fact that you can now have a browser other than Safari as your default browser. So it's all very well constructed and you can get to the original website on this share menu as well. I'll back out of here. Layer back button. And we've explored all the available options on the actions rotor when an article has focus. So I'm going to go back another screen and we'll get back into the folder list. And I won't show you all my folders because I have quite a few folders actually being, as I say, the neat freak that I am. But I will show you this one. Sport, 200 total tech news, 75 total unread articles. I do keep up with my tech news folder. That's why the number of unread articles is pretty low because I tend to check it a lot. I'll flick down. Expand. And double tap. Ars Technica, six total unread articles. Here's my list of tech feeds that have unread articles. Data News, 10 total unread articles. Mac Rumors, Mac News and Rumors, All Stories, 6 total unread articles. OS 10 Daily, 1 unread article. TechCrunch, 12 total unread articles. The Verge, All Posts, 19 total unread articles. And those are the tech feeds that are currently unread. So we'll go OS, back. Mac, Data News, Ars, Apple Insight, 9 to 5, Tech News, 75 total collapse. I'm going to collapse that, which is how I prefer to do it. Ketone, 7 total unread article. New, NZ, Pop, Sub, Sport. Tech News, 75. And now I'm going to double tap on Tech News. Layer. And flick Layer, right. Back button. And what That's you find is a whole bunch of technology stories from a range of credible sources all in one place in chronological order. How to install Linux distros in Windows 10's WSL to Microsoft. Today, heading. Makuumono Delta S Electric Bike Review. Rocket Report. SpaceX hits the century mark. Vote. LG offers 5G for less with $359 mid-range K92. Comment. Delayed iPhone 12 sales disguised a huge quarter for Apple. Delayed and iPhone. that is how I usually read these. I skim them quite quickly. And if something attracts my attention, I stop and I listen to as much of the article as the RSS feed is providing to make sure I really am interested. And then if I want to read the whole thing, I double tap and the article comes in without any clutter at all. And if I think it's worthy of being shared with you, 
via Twitter and the Mosin at Large Twitter account, then I will share it with you. Pretty slick, eh? But you'll be wondering how you set this up. How did I get to this point? So we'll get out of this list. On red. And we'll go to the bottom of the screen. Toolbar. Settings. Button. And there's a toolbar here. The bottom button is settings. More filters. Button. Four, there are four. more filters. Starred. Button. Three. Selected. Unread. Button. Two. All articles. Button. WCC. Toolbar. Okay. So that's the toolbar. And you'll see that there are other filters. You can choose whether you see all articles, all kinds of things here. But the settings button is what I want to focus on now. Settings. Button. I'll double tap. Settings. Settings. Heading. I'll flick to the right. Done. Button. Sync mode, the old reader. You can use a variety of cloud-based RSS services. There are quite a few out there now that stepped into the breach, particularly after Google Reader threw in the towel. And unfortunately, Google does have this habit of closing services. You know, you can really fall in love with a Google service and next thing you know, it's gone. Gone, I tell you. But luckily, RSS is just such a ubiquitous, useful format that many people have stepped into the void. User interface sounds. Switch button on. Double tap to toggle setting. You can turn user interface sounds off if you prefer. Unread count badge. Switch button on. Double tap to toggle setting. I kind of think I'd be better turning the unread count badge off, and I believe it is off by default. Appearance. If you wish, you can go in here and customize the appearance of the app. Discover. And here's Discover. I'll show you what this does. I'll double tap. Discover section helps you discover interesting articles you may otherwise miss. Show hot links. Switch button. Off. Shows web pages that get linked to from multiple articles. Show com feeds. Switch button. Off. Shows articles from feeds with a low publishing frequency. Show linked list. Switch button. Off. Shows articles that are determined to be linked list style articles. I. E. The article's URL is a link to a site that is different from the one that owns the feed that published it. Show authors. Switch button. Off. Browse articles by authors. Displays a list of authors, and you can tap on a name to see a list of articles they have authored. Show recent. Switch button. Off. Shows all articles published in the last few days. As you can hear, I have all of this switched off because all I want is my folders and I like to go through in chronological order. I'm just boring like that, I guess. But if you want ways to explore your articles in various forms, then you can come in here and have a look at these features. I'm going to go back. Discover. Sorting. And there's a sorting option here. Accessibility slash voiceover. Now, I'm going to go into accessibility and voiceover and just show you the degree to which Kunal has given us amazing configuration. So if you get this app and it's not behaving or sounding the way it is for me, that's because I've done some customization and you can too and get the exact experience that you want from this app. And the voiceover customization is just one of the things that for me makes this app stand far above the rest in terms of RSS readers. I'll double tap. Article list options. And flick right. This allows you to set what voiceover does and does not speak in a list of articles. Speak article date. Switch button. Off. Double tap to toggle setting. I find the speaking of the article date unnecessary verbiage because you will recall that when you navigate the list of articles, you get a heading denoting each day anyway. Speak article source slash publisher. Switch button on. Double tap to toggle setting. I have it set up so that the article source is at the very end. I'm less interested in where the article came from when I'm skimming, say, my tech news than I am relating to what the article headline is and what the article says. 
Speak article red slash unread status. Switch button. Off. Double tap to toggle setting. Since I have read articles hidden by default, this is also redundant for the way that I use the app. Speak article starred status. Switch button. On. Double tap to toggle setting. I do want to know if I've starred an article. Speak article summary. Switch button. On. Double tap to toggle setting. If for some reason you prefer not to hear the summary, if you only want to hear the article when you double tap it and you go into the article, then you can disable that as well. Note, article source slash publisher will never be spoken when viewing a list of articles in a specific feed. Now that is just thoughtful user design, but you would be surprised how often this is not the case. I have seen podcast apps, for example, where you go into a specific podcast feed and it constantly repeats to you the name of the podcast every time you go through an episode. That is completely redundant. I understand why you would do it if you're in a playlist of folders or in a queue of episodes or something that would come from different sources. But once you've honed in on a single source, the speaking of that source repeatedly is just inconsiderate design or sloppy design. So again, the attention to detail that the developer of this app has shown is just so cool. Article list 8 format. Let's flick right and we'll get more information on what's coming. This allows you to set the format in which voiceover speak the date of articles in article lists. And let's see what the options are. Speak article date in relative format. Switch button. Off. Note, when disabled, voiceover will speak date in the default absolute format. What this means is that voiceover for me is speaking the dates that the article was published. If I turned the relative on, it will tell me published two days ago or one day ago or whatever. And actually, that might be worth doing. Speak article date in relative format. Switch button. Off. So I'll turn it on. Double tap to toggle on. There we go. Note. When article list order heading. Now we're on to a new heading, article list order. This allows you to change the order in which voiceover speak attributes of each article in a list of articles. Heading. Article title. Reorder article title. Button. Draggable. Article date. Reorder article date. Button. Draggable. Article red slash unread status. Reorder article red slash unread status. Article star status. Reorder article star status. But article summary. Reorder article summary. Button. Article source slash publisher. Reorder article source slash publisher button. I'm sure you get the significance of all of that. This means that you have an amazing amount of control over exactly what is spoken and the order that it's spoken. It's really difficult to satisfy everybody with this, with the default user interface. So why not just let the voiceover user decide the order in which everything happens? Really super. I would love to see more customization of this kind in other iOS apps. Feed list options. Heading. We'll flick right. This allows you to set what voiceover does and does not speak in the list of feeds. Heading. Speak feed red slash unread count. Switch button. On. Folder list options. Heading. This allows you to set what voiceover does and does not speak in the list of folders. Heading. Speak folder red slash unread count. Switch button. On. Speak span slash collapse button. Switch button. Off. Double tap to toggle setting. Now this is a feature that I asked Kunal to add. Thank you. Because when the new version of Leary came out, when you flicked right, you had a button beside each folder that said expand or collapse. And it meant that there was an extra flick to get through each of your folders. And so I didn't like it. And I said, could we please have a way of getting around it? And he kindly added this feature where you can hide the button, but expand and collapse folder is on the actions rotor. It declutters the user interface. And I far prefer it that way. Note. Expand slash collapse will always be available as options in the voiceover rotor. Exactly. Images. Heading. 
With this toggled off, best efforts will be made to not display images and feeds slash articles, but, due to technical implementation details, it cannot be 100% guaranteed. Heading. Display images. Switch button. Off. Double tap to toggle setting. I have no interest in the images, and clearly it can take some time to render them, so I have it disabled. And that is the last item on what is an extraordinarily comprehensive list of ways that you can customize voiceover to speak exactly what you want. Wow. <laughs> all right, let's go back. Accessibility slash voiceover. I won't show you all of the settings right now, but there are a lot of them. And you can, if you take the time, customize this to get the experience you want. I'm going to go back another screen to get us out of settings. Sync mode, the old reader button. And I'll flick right. The old reader heading add button. Let's finally take a look at adding an RSS feed. How do you find them? You would be surprised how many websites still have RSS feeds. Many of today's content management systems, such as WordPress, Drupal, and others, still generate RSS feeds by default. And a lot of news publications will still offer customized RSS feeds. So they are there to be found. I'll double tap the add button. Add heading. New subscription button. New folder button. If you're going to have a few news sources and they are quite distinct in nature, such as self-development, personal blogs, technology news, you've seen the way that I've structured some of my feeds, then you will want to create folders as you start subscribing to feeds. But I'll flick left. New subscription button. There's new subscription. That's what I want. I'll double tap. Cancel button. And flick right. Add subscription heading. Search or enter address. Search field. Double tap to edit. The most unambiguous way to subscribe to an RSS feed is to get its URL. If somebody can give you that URL, then you can type or paste it in here and Larry will check that there's a valid feed and you can subscribe to it. Alternatively, you can do a search. I'll show you this. I'll double tap. Search field is editing. Search or enter address. Insertion point at start. Use the rotor to access misspelled words. And I have the APH Mantis Q40 here on the desk at the moment. So I'm going to use its QWERTY keyboard to type in the B. Verge and press enter. Loading ellipsis. I'll go to the top of the screen. Add back button and flick right. Search results. Heading. Done. Button. The Verge. All posts. HTTPS colon slash slash www.theverge.com slash RSS slash index.xml. Already subscribed. Leah Handley tells me that I'm already subscribed to this, but if you are not, you would be able to subscribe to it. The Verge is a really good source of technology news. It's not any particular operating system specific, so you get a good mix of tech news there. I'll flick right. Already subscribed. Image. The Verge. HTTPS colon slash slash www.youtube.com slash feed slash videos dot xm. Now, you can subscribe to a YouTube feed here as well. YouTube does offer RSS feeds. The Verge. Microsoft posts. HTTP colon slash slash feeds dot feedburner.com slash winrumors. Now we're getting into specific types of posts because The Verge are geeks, understandably, and they divide their news feeds so that you can get only the news that interests you. The Verge. Energies. HTTP. The Verge. All posts by Dearborn. HTTP. And on and on it goes with different sources from The Verge. So there is a good search engine in here where you can type in what it is that you're looking for. I'm going to go back. The Verge search field. And now Double tap to edit. flick right. Search heading news. Technology. Gadgets. Sports. Business. 
finance, design, fashion, photography, entertainment, gaming, music, cooking, auto, social, humor, travel. If you're looking for a bit of inspiration, then there are some feeds that you can drill down in this way. So I'll go back. So auto, cooking, music, cooking. Cooking sounds interesting. Let's double tap that. Loading ellipsis. I'll go to the top of the screen. Add back button. And flick right. Search results. Heading. Done. Button. Cooking comically. HTTP colon slash slash feeds dot feedburner.com slash cooking. Cooking incense. HTTP colon. Cooking blog. Find the best recipes. Cooking and food tips at our kitchen. Recipes. Cooking Korean food with Madongshi. So if you're not quite sure what you're after and you would just like to browse some top sites that they have added here, then you can do that as well from the ad screen. There's plenty more to explore, but I hope that this gives you an overview first of just how useful RSS feeds are, not just for everybody, but I think in particular for blind people who sometimes have to traverse very cluttered, challenging websites to get their news. As you can hear, this is so much cleaner, so much simpler when you have it set up. And second, just how much effort this developer in particular has gone to to provide a best-in-class voiceover experience. When I was an accessibility consultant dealing with many app developers who would come to me to talk about making their app more accessible, I would often point them to Lear and say, this is pretty much the gold standard. There is exceptional configurability in here and respect for the fact that not all voiceover users prefer things to be done the same way. This is a very efficient way to get your news and you'll be supporting a dedicated developer. Lear, spelt L-I-R-E, is available in your iOS app store around the world. To contribute to Mosin at Large, you can email Jonathan, that's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, at mushroomfm.com by writing something down or attaching an audio file. Or you can call our listener line, it's a US number, 864-60-MOSIN. That's 864-606-6736. Mosin at Large.